0: Hey, welcome to stay home Dads Podcast. Your host, Justin, here with you once again. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this wonderful place where I talk about a lot of different things in my life, about being a stay home dad, about being a parent, struggles I have, men's health and wellness, a lot of different things we think about. Plus, I throw in a few other random things and thoughts that I have, and hopefully something in that bag of tricks amuses you or enlightens you in some way. So, thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in today. So, did you hear? Well, just consider this a little PSA, if you will. The Surgeon General has just recently released an advisory alerting the public to loneliness that it has become a complete epidemic. Would you ever think that was possible? I mean, sure, we all go through periods of loneliness, right? I mean, it's pretty normal, what's the big deal? We all deal with it, and as far as I'm concerned, it's just something that happens. It's part of life. It comes and goes, and and we move on. So why the red flag? Well, this report released by Health and Human Services states that, and I'll read you this little excerpt from it. It says, quote, The lack of social connection poses a significant risk for individual health and longevity, Loneliness and social isolation increase the risk of death by 26 and 29%. More broadly, lacking social connection can increase the risk of premature death as much as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. Really? In addition, poor or insufficient social connection is associated with the increased risk of disease, including 29% increased risk of heart disease and 32% increased risk of stroke. It's also associated with increased risk of anxiety, depression, and dementia. And then uh, Surgeon General Murthy also says that in the report that prior to COVID, about one in two adults in America reported experiencing loneliness. So holy shit, right? Uh, Loneliness is bad, everybody. Apparently it's an epidemic and it's as bad as smoking 15 cigarettes a day. I guess if you're really lonely and feel like you have no one, then of course you're going to be depressed and have some anxiety and uh, all that stuff, but being in that state is as bad as smoking 15 cigs a day? I don't know, man, 15 cigarettes, that sounds like a lot. That sounds very damaging to your health, you know? This report also said loneliness is associated with lower academic achievement as well as lower work performance. They also mention it being expensive. So if you really think about it, the problem affects your health and your well-being. And if those two things are in the shitter and not good, then you and or your insurance or the government will be paying for your health care due to your lonely ways. So, I don't know. It's a big deal, bigger deal than I thought. I saw this report and I was like, really? Come on, but... Here's the facts, I guess. This goes on and says, in a 2022 study, only 39% of adults said that they felt very connected to others and their communities. And approximately half of the U.S. adults say they have experienced loneliness with some of the highest rates being among young adults. So yeah, I never really thought about it for two seconds. And I imagine a lot of people haven't. You just kind of go through bouts of it. Just thought it was kind of like a normal thing. But here we are. And the tough thing is, is this isn't something that we can rectify alone, right? You can't fix social connection by yourself, duh, right? We are social creatures and we really rely on social connections for survival and well-being. They said, and when I say they, I'm referring to HHS, the article people, they said social connection is as essential to survival as food and water. So... That's pretty wild. And I actually wasn't intending on making a whole episode about this. I was just going to quickly mention this report and chat about it for a minute and leave it at that. But now that I've been reading this and kind of writing all my thoughts down, I'm interested, I'm intrigued. This is something that maybe needs to get out there. So. And maybe it's because I've been there before, I can relate to this to some aspect. I mean, I think we all can. We've all come across some form of loneliness in our lives. So hopefully this will provide some value, some insight in value. So what do we do? What is considered the right social connection or what social connection do we need? Is it something that we can get solely from our immediate family do we need friends and coworker connections, which of course are going to be different than family connections, to combat this, you know, loneliness train that's headed down the track? Which frankly I don't have because I'm a stay-at-home dad and I hang around my kids all day, so that could be trouble for me. Maybe I'll have to find some different avenues. Well, the HHS report says an individual's level of social connection is not simply determined by the number of close relationships they have. Social connection generally falls under 3 vital components. First component is structure. The number and variety of relationships as well as the frequency, like coworkers, neighbors, your household, your friends circle, your marital status, all that stuff, that's the structure of it. Then there's the function, the degree to which relationships serve various needs, how much others can be relied upon for various things, like emotional support, mentorship, support in crisis. And then they talk about quality, the positive and negative aspects of relationships and interactions, relationship satisfaction or strain, social inclusion or exclusion. I know we've all probably felt some of that. I know I've talked about inclusion probably a year ago or more. I know I repeat myself on a lot of these topics, but I don't intend to. Just thoughts that keep coming up and and, uh, I chat about. So clearly social connection is a lot deeper than I have a lot of friends, quote unquote, right? It's more than that. It's about those relationships, the frequency, and the reliance. And not just what can you do for me or what can this person do for me, but it seems like it's more of that emotional connection that you provide each other. Kind of like that best friend category, that close friend category, right? Those few people... That you can really rely on and trust and talk about anything and really lean on in all times of your life versus just a bunch of acquaintances or quote unquote friends that you just, you know, see now and then. That's I think those are two totally different categories of friends. And the same goes for a spouse. If there's strain there or a recent bout of negative interaction then the function and quality of that relationship will be down. That dynamic will be lacking that social connection. And if you don't fix that, then it can get bigger and bigger and, you know, turn into a real problem. Which, yes, things with your friends and with your spouse, there is going to be times of strain. You know, it's going to ebb and flow and go back and forth. So, I don't know, just one of those things you have to make sure that you rectify those situations or battle those negative interactions and make sure that you smooth that out. Sounded kind of cheesy, but that's the way it came out. It's also important to know that loneliness and social connection is not a simple on and off switch. The evidence points to more of a gradient they're talking about in this article and everyone falls somewhere on the continuum of social connection. So. Some people may have a lot of it, some may have a little, some may be kind of in the middle, some may have none. Super lonely people may have none. Also, the amount and quality of social connection in our lives is not static, they say. It changes over time. It can be improved or compromised for many different reasons. Could be an illness, could be moving, job transition, becoming a stay-at-home dad, stay-at-home parent, school changes in kids social group changes as well as many other events that can really impact this and the current trend is that social connection is on the decline and they have a chart in this report measuring the average time spent alone from 2003 to 2020 they're comparing the two and back in 2003 it was around 142 hours a month for the average person that was how much time that they spent entirely alone and then fast forward to 2022 or 2020 and it jumped up to 166 hours a month. So that's a 24 hour increase in the time people are spending alone. That's, that's a lot, that's you know, a whole day. And another crazy fact they show here is in young people, 15 to 24 year olds, time spent in person with friends has reduced nearly 70% over this time span, 03 to 2020. So younger people are spending less time with their peers, with people. That's not that's not a good trend. And I kind of blame technology to a degree. I I think that's allowed people to really step out of the real world and into the digital space where they don't have to person to person interact with people. And I don't really think that that's good for young people's mental state and their development. And another little tidbit in here that they talk about technology in this report. It says the percentage of teens aged 13 to 17 who say they are online "quote unquote almost constantly" has doubled since 2015. So in eight years, it's doubled. That seems wild to me. And 95% of that age group report using social media as of last year. So 95% of 13 to 17 year olds are using social media. And they also say that half say it would be very difficult to give up. Not really a surprise on those last two. I mean, I know there's a ton of full grown adults that would have a hard time giving up their social media, that they're so connected to it that they wouldn't want to give it up either. So that's not a surprise. What does surprise me, though, is the doubling from 15 to 22 or 23, whenever this report cuts off, of teens online. That's, That's a lot. I don't know. So sure, young kids are spending less time in person to person and much more time online. And yes, they're getting some form of social connection, be it through a computer or a phone, they're talking to friends, they're talking to people online. So yes, there is a social connection there, but I don't think there's a replacement for the real deal connection that they should be making with people by going out, by playing sports, by walking around your neighborhood, by walking around the mall. Do kids still walk around the mall? Or did I just really date myself by saying that? But anyways, that seems to be a better way, a more genuine way to get social interaction versus the synthetic version online. You know, being closed off in a room with a computer and internet connection is not going to be positive or a healthy replacement for the person to person. It steals our attention. It reduces the quality of the interactions. And they say it can even diminish self-esteem, which all lead to greater loneliness. It's creating kids that have zero real-world social skills. It's like, ah, the real world is scary. I can't even order from my waiter because I don't know how to talk to people in person, you know? And it's it's concerning. It's concerning that some of these young people are so shy and don't know how to interact with other adults. It's It's pretty wild. And then being online too, I didn't even mention the the potential for cyberbullying and other things that can happen online. I don't even want to get into the negative aspects of being online all the time. That's kind of scary in itself. But now even add in the whole layer of the COVID lockdown ridiculousness, what that caused with kids. Can I even say that without being put on a list? I hope so. Anyways, it, it really compounded the issue of lacking social connection that already had been declining prior to COVID's arrival. So it just compounded that isolation and that loneliness even more. It was a whole new type of isolation and loneliness, which every kid in the country had to go through. I mean, they got pulled out of school. They couldn't go to parks. I remember we took a vacation to Vegas and we were like, hey, we're just going to go to a park. We went out there to, to visit some family And we tried to go to a park and it was taped up. You couldn't get on the slides. You couldn't sit on the swings. There was caution tape in wood blocking a public park. Like, really? That's insane to me. I mean, even talk about in California and the paddleboarder got arrested or he had to, you know, I I remember seeing the little video of the police boat coming up to him because he was paddleboarding alone in the ocean. So, pretty wild social isolation that people had to go through. All right, let's move on from all the doom and gloom and negative effects according to the HHS and move on to what we do about it. How do we combat this epidemic of loneliness that they say is happening? Now, the report says that a national strategy to advance social connection is the critical next step to analyze action essential to our nation's health, safety, and prosperity, and they actually propose six foundational pillars to support this whole societal approach to advance all of this, which sounds a little extreme to me. It sounds kind of like big government, you know, coming into the personal lives of people, which they already do, but that's what it sounds like to me. It's loneliness. We all go through it. It goes up and down, but they mentioned these six foundational things, which honestly, I'm not going to read through them. I did, and man, they were word salad boring. It was a typical, I don't know, government report of just word vomit, super boring. So if you want to read them yourself, just check out the link. It's in the description of this show. Read it and go through it. There is good information in there, but me going over these six pillars is not going to happen here. Because, like I said, I tried to read it and I was just like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't convey this without you falling asleep, okay? That's the real reason. Mainly they just talk about strengthening social infrastructure in local communities. Another one was pro-connection public policy, cultivate a culture of connection, stuff like that. So not very riveting, read through it if you want to, just uh, putting that out there. So let's get into a couple of my own ideas as well as a few that I read on the web from berkeley.edu and then I'll close out this episode for the week and we can move on with our lives. So. First one is keep a positive and constant connection with family and talk often. I know a lot of people don't really talk to their extended family. They don't talk to their parents, a lot of that stuff. But just by calling people and staying connected, text messaging, calling, video calls, whatever, it's a good way to strengthen that bond. And just think about how long it's been since you probably called a parent or a sibling. Probably a while. I can say that I haven't called my mom in a while. I haven't called my dad in a while. I need need to do that. I need to call some siblings as well and just keep that line of communication open. It really helps you stay connected and stay in their lives. So that's a pretty easy one that we could do right there. Also cultivate great friendships with like-minded people that you can see yourself really being friends with, getting to know, and being around for that long haul. A lot of people come and go out of our lives, especially involving our kids. We get other parents in classes and sports and they come and go constantly. It's just kind of a nature of the territory, but find those good relationships. You'll know them when you see them. I really do think that. And I find that other adults that parent in a similar manner that I do, I tend to gravitate toward them a little bit more to connect with. I I feel like I connect with them a little bit easier. It seems like our values are kind of similar, and it makes for a better adult friendship, in my opinion. Not to say that's the only reason, and also not saying that because your kid acts a fool doesn't mean we can't be friends. It just, I feel that it tends to make it easier, for me anyways. Also try to keep in contact with old friends that you may not really talk to that much anymore or live near anymore. I think I've talked about this in an old show about reconnecting. A phone call is free. A text is easy. Hey man, how you doing? Just touching base with you, seeing how you're doing. You know, something like that. It's simple to check in and see how people are doing and kind of reconnect and and get back in their lives. Old co-worker friends or people that you just lost touch with. They'll be quite surprised and honestly really happy that they get a call, especially when you're not calling to ask for a favor. You're just calling to catch up. And I've been trying to do this lately and... You end up having a 20-30 minute conversation with an old friend and it feels really good. It does. Also get your kids in group activities or sports and volunteer your time where you can. That will give both your kids and you a chance to socially connect with other kids as well as put yourself out there and meet new people and meet other adults. It also helps your community. And I know I said just a second ago that some of those parents with those outside activities, they kind of ebb and flow and come and go, but I think you'll meet up with some and sync up with some and could make some good social connections and relationships there. I'm actually volunteering again here in a few weeks or a few days for my daughter's field trip. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, If you remember the last time I volunteered, it was for my younger daughter's party and a kid fell and bashed his head open and was screaming like a hyena, and there was blood coming down his face all over, and I think it was uh, potentially traumatizing for a few kids, but yeah, let's hope that doesn't happen. We're actually getting on a bus this time and going on a field trip, and, and I'll be responsible for three or four kids, so yeah, cross your fingers, Justin. You got this. Alright, this other article that I read says to imagine what your ideal relationship would look like with a friend. They say that that's a good step in making those connections when you essentially know what you're looking for and you kind of keep an eye out for that or you keep those thoughts in your mind and be like, hey, this, this person, this guy's got a, he, oh, he likes this, he likes that. Awesome. We could hang out. We're friends now. Kind of like stepbrothers, right? It's like, do we just become best friends? Yeah. Also... Practice active listening. And this can go with anybody and go with new connections you make and go with your spouse and go with your kids. Connect with someone by tuning in to what they are saying and actually showing interest, showing empathy and showing understanding. Okay. It's not that hard to do. Give them your attention and it'll really show that you care to that other person will notice that and they'll be like, oh, this person's really in tune to what I'm saying. I just think it's really important in creating that solid relationship with someone. Just, just give them that attention. It just takes a little bit. And be excited about what's going on in their lives. And don't you kind of just hate those people that when you tell them some great news or something that just happened, they respond with some sad shit, some bad news or something. It's like the one upper guy, but it's more like the one downer guy. You're like, hey, man, I just bought a new car. And be like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, my car just broke down, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, man, like you really deflate somebody when you do that, you know. A better response would be like, hey, man, I just bought a new car. And be like, oh, that's awesome. Like, what car did you get? That's amazing. Like, can I check it out? Oh, I was really looking at those. They look super awesome. Like, whatever it is, it just kind of changes the path and the tone of that conversation. Also, don't be distracted when you're trying to do these connections by your phone or by other things. That's just kind of rude when you're in a conversation and then someone whips their phone out and they're doing whatever or texting someone back. It's like, you know, that can wait a minute or two minutes. Just give them that attention that they really deserve. This article also says to practice the Danish method of hygge and it's spelled H-Y-G-G-E. I've never heard of it before, but it's essentially drama-free togetherness time. The we time, not me time, they say. It's a lighthearted, balanced interaction that's focused on enjoying the moment, enjoying the company and the food or the activity that you're doing. It's just totally drama-free from all the bullshit of the day and the things going on in the outside world. No negativity, no bragging, no complaining about other situations or other people, just positive vibes, and being and doing something together, and it sounds pretty amazing. It sounds pretty awesome. So maybe that's a big reason as to why Denmark is considered one of the happiest places in the world. So I don't know. Give it a try. Give it uh, give it a whirl. Maybe I'll try to do it with my my family and my kids, and and see if we can uh, enjoy a little huga time. Also, I don't want to confuse. Loneliness with solitude. Loneliness is a negative emotional state with feelings of sadness and disconnection. Solitude can be a positive experience for some people, giving them a chance to recharge, reflect, and pursue personal interests without distractions, doing hobbies, doing whatever, just enjoying their space. Some people just enjoy their own company. I, for one, sometimes I enjoy my own company. I enjoy being alone. I think it helps me focus and work on myself. I don't want to always be by myself. I love being around people and my family, but there's some of those times where you just need that quiet alone time. Anyways, that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay Home Dad's podcast. Some interesting things here, so I figured I would just pass on the info on this report and give you a few ideas on combating this epidemic of loneliness. So check on your friends, your family, reach out and and make sure they're good and and make sure old friends are good. And make sure yourself is good too. Really try and make and keep those social connections. And if you're feeling this way, make sure you get some help or you tell someone or do something about it. Don't just continue down that loneliness path because it's just gonna get worse and worse and then you'll really be in trouble with depression and anxiety and all that other stuff. And you're you're gonna spiral. I mean, if I wanted the negative health effects of 15 cigs, then I would just go smoke 15 cigs. And I don't want to do that, so I want to take care of my body. I want to take care of my health. And like I said, if you want to read more on that report, just click the link in the description and uh, check it out. It does have interesting info in it, and I'm barely scratching the surface here. So, I mean, it's like 80 plus pages. Also, if you have any questions or comments for me, please hop over to podbean.com. Or my Instagram page at State Dads underscore podcast, and let me know. Leave a comment. Leave a leave a message. Leave a leave a like, and let me know what you think of today's episode. All right, that's all I've got. So thank you for listening once again, and I will talk to you next week. Bye.